If you have your Bible, take a look at Acts chapter number 12. Acts chapter number 12. Acts starts with... You're welcome to... How old are you? 12? 10? Well, you're welcome to stay in here. You're welcome to go with them. Whatever you want to set by a mall, you're welcome to, huh? Acts chapter number 12. Acts starts with the persecution of the church. Acts ends with God getting a little bit of victory and the church beginning to grow. And then Acts 13 begins with them being sent and uh, looking forward to that next chapter there. But in Acts chapter number 12, we're going to begin reading in verse number 18. So we grab what's taken place. Peter was, uh, first of all, James was killed uh, by Herod. Peter was thrown in jail. The church prayed. Peter was released from jail. Peter stands before the church at the very end. And now Peter leaves. And now we're going to read the next few verses in verse number 18. If you will, you've got your Bible. Let's all stand if you can. And let's read together in verse number 18 all the way down through verse number 25. Bible says in verse number 18, now, as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers what was become of Peter. They didn't understand what had taken place. I love that. And when Herod had sought for him and found him not, he examined the keepers and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down to Judah to Caesarea and their abode. And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon, but they came uh, with one accord to him, and having made Blastus uh, the king's chamberlain, their friend, desired peace because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod arrayed in a royal apparel and set upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God and not a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not glory to the glory, gave not glory, gave not God the glory. Good night. And to learn how to read, I guess. And he was eaten of worms, and he gave up the ghost. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they uh, had fulfilled their ministry. And took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to spend the majority of our time um, in verse number 24. But before we get to 24, I'll give, lay some groundwork, some introductory thoughts. Verse number 24 is going to be our thrust verse of the message. And the word of God grew and multiplied. Brother Jerry, would you open us with a word of prayer for the message? Lord, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated. So as we look at this, I want us to look at, as we look at the introduction, if you will, the, 
the treatment of Herod. Herod begins to treat people um, this way. And in verse number 18, the Bible says that there was no small stir among the soldiers. What had happened was, is the Bible tells us that there was a light that shined from heaven and helped Peter get out of jail. But for some reason, that light didn't affect the soldiers. I, you know, I, I just wonder, I wonder how God did that. He blocked off the eyes of the soldiers so they wouldn't wake up because of the light that got Peter out of jail or what, but because the soldiers didn't know what happened. Um, and, and you think about that as a, as a prison guard, your, your guy that you are shackled to disappears in the middle of the night. Uh, what, they're coming after you for answers. And so Peter, and, and Herod comes to these soldiers for answers. They want, he wants to know why Peter escaped in the middle of the night and uh, the chains, I, I don't know, I, I don't know how to explain this or how to think about this, but his chains, can't, his chains were still cuffed. I mean, they weren't undone. They, I, I just unshackled. Maybe they were unshackled. I don't know. But you think about that as Peter escaped and Herod comes to them and says, I, I need to know what, what happened. Well, they can't give an explanation because they don't know what happened because they were sleeping on the job. And the angel of the Lord came and rescued Peter. And because of their response, Herod has them killed because of them allowing Peter to escape from jail. Uh, what, a, what a harsh sentence for someone who just simply fell asleep on the job. Aren't you glad you never got executed for falling asleep on the job? None of you ever fell asleep on the job, though, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and there they are, these men getting executed for having fallen asleep on the job. But in verse number 19, he sought for him, he couldn't find him, he examined them. And then he went to Judea, from Judea to Caesarea. Um, and that was about a 50 or 60 mile travel. He goes down there and Herod sets up. In verse number 20, he was highly displeased. And it doesn't tell us why he was displeased. I don't know if Tyre and Sidon wasn't giving uh, Herod the credit he needed. I don't know if they weren't uh, bowing down to him like he thought they should have. They weren't giving him the glory that they thought they were. But he simply was displeased with these people. And they were concerned about Herod being displeased with them. And so here he is in verse number 21. Uh, he comes and he sets himself in, in royal apparel. Uh, he makes himself look really good and set on, uh, set on his throne and begin to make a speech. And you see in this text as he begins to make this speech, the response of the people in verse number 22. And the people gave a shout. It is the voice of a God. And not of a man. And so here he is, Herod has an opportunity to respond to them, to respond to them. Hey, he sounds like a God. Listen to him. Herod doesn't respond to them with that, that idea. He doesn't respond to them like, no, 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 I'm not a God. I, I am not God. And so because of that, the very next verse happens. The Bible says that he was eight of worms. Worms begin to eat Herod and kill him. I don't know how the worms went about. I don't know what kind of worm it was, but God killed him. Right there, and the angel of the Lord came and smote Herod with worms, and he died. And because, watch what the Bible says. He, watch what the Bible says in that, in, in, that very, in that very verse. It says, and he smote him, in verse 23, and he gave not because he gave not God 
the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. A lot of people get those mixed up. Pride goes before fall, but no, pride goes before destruction. So someone who is built of themselves and someone who is prideful, that they of themselves, Bible says with pride, only, only with pride cometh contention. You want to know why there's fighting. You want to know why there's destruction is because pride gets in the way. And, and there's a list, these six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look is at the top of that list. Uh, being prideful is against what God has for us. And here was Herod. He was prideful in who he was and prideful about what he had accomplished. And when he was prideful, God killed him. Man, you think about that and we examine ourselves. A lot of times we won't make a move. A lot of times we're afraid of what somebody might would say. We're afraid of what, how somebody looks at us. We're afraid about, about those things, about our pride, who we are. And I remember as a 12-year-old boy that one of the reasons I did not want to walk the aisle and get saved at church was because of everyone else would be looking at me and everyone else would make eyes at me. And I was too prideful to move. And it took me a long time to get saved because I wouldn't move because of my pride. There's people who are, who are adults who are, who've dealt with salvation, who deal with the, the idea that they need to get right. They don't move because of pride. I don't want people to know that I'm not saved. I don't want people to know that I'm not right. I don't want people to see that. Pride. But pride got in Herod's way and God killed him for it. Because he gave God not the glory. You think about this for just a moment. Who you are, what you've accomplished is not because of you. You know, many times you look at, especially professional athletes, a lot of professional athletes think they got there all on their own and they accomplished what they accomplished all on their own. But truly, someone who is a professional athlete Someone paved the way for them. Their parents, their coaches, their teachers, their, uh, the other athletes that are on their team, they've paved the way for them to be that way. And I want to say this. You're not where you are without someone else coming before you and paving the way for you. So anything that you've accomplished is accomplished because somebody else helped you get there. Nobody is there by themselves. And as a church, look, as a pastor, look, I am not the preacher I am because of, because of Trenton. Because of anything I've ever done. I don't need to, look, when someone, uh, when someone says, oh man, that was a good message, or that was a good song, or that was this, or that was this, look, it's not about me. And that's why, that's so important that the music at our church does not glorify anybody. But God. You know, that music isn't about Brother Trenton. That music isn't about anybody else who sings. I even wonder sometimes why we even clap after someone sings a song. What are we clapping for? I, I just, are you clapping because of the person that sang and you want to give them a big hand? Are you clapping because God touched your heart during the song? Make you kind of wonder who you're giving glory to. Because who is, ought to be getting the glory? Not me. Not anybody else. We ought to give the glory to God. 
I don't want to steal God's glory. If it belongs to God, it belongs to him, and I don't want any part of it. Because when, when Herod stole the glory of God, God killed him for it. Now you say, Brother Trenton, are you saying that we shouldn't clap after a song? That is not what I said. I just want you to think about that. Why are you clapping? Why you do that? Who are you giving glory to? Who's it about? Who is it about even when you pick up that hymnal and you begin to sing? Oh, it's just so we can sing our four songs and get to the next thing, right? Well, you guys would flip out if I changed up the order of service. You wouldn't even know what to do with yourself. It's not about the four songs and the, the, the this and the, all those things. It's about simply trying to allow the Lord to work in our life and to do something. If we do less or do more, it ought to be welcomed, right? Because who, we, who are we trying to bring glory to? Uh, a lot of times preachers are guilty of bringing glory to themselves. Look at what I've accomplished. Look at what we've done. It's not about me. It's not about what I've done. It's not about what I accomplish. It's about what he can do and what he's done. How many, you know, I've heard preachers say and things said that, well, how many did you have saved this year? Well, I didn't have anybody saved this year. God had them all saved this year. Amen. What is God doing? What is God working on? And, and we have to make sure that we don't steal the glory from God. I, I, it makes me scared to the fact that I would steal the glory of God. Hmm. We see this in the introduction. We see the treatment of Herod. We see, we see God getting his glory by killing, by killing uh, Herod. But then also, I want you to see this. Verse number 24, uh, this is our text verse, and then we'll jump into the message. The Bible says, but the word of God grew and multiplied. What does that mean? What does it mean that the word of God grew and multiplied? When you and I think of, if you will, I've got two points this morning, but number one, we look at the multiplied. When you and I look at this, the Bible says the word of God grew. When we look at that word grew, we immediately think that of a plant in a ground, how it grew out of the ground and it began to grow. And in that same sense, if you will, the word of God doesn't grow. Does that make sense? Now, what do you mean by the, how do you, how do you know that the, the Word of God grew? What happened was, is the Word of God began to be published everywhere. And so the Word of God grew because more people believed in the Word of God. And so the Bible's telling us in this text that the Bible began to be more published than what it was. And so it wasn't just one person publishing the Word of God. It was two and three and four and five and six and ten and twenty people that were publishing the Word of God. And so the Word of God grew and multiplied. This Word of God is the same Word of God that we hold true today. And it needs to grow. And, it, and simply this, it's simply talking about the church. It's talking about God begin to grow the church. God begin to grow the assembly, if you will. Uh, more people begin to get saved and more people begin to get baptized and more people begin to get into the church because of this taking place. 
Was it because of Herod being uh, taken care of? I don't know if it was the persecution that had taken place with James being killed and Peter getting released. I don't know, but the word of God began to multiply. And multiplication is different than addition. And you guys know that, right? (laughs) Four plus four will always be nine. Eight. I'm sorry, I was stuck on that common core math. But anyway, uh, four plus four is eight. It will always be eight. There, you can't get, there is no variance of four plus four. And you say, why, why do you use that? Because two times two is four. And two times four is eight. It multiplied. What do you mean it multiplied? It wasn't going one plus one. It was going two times two and four times four and five times five. What happened was is the word of God grew, but it multiplied. It just, boom, it was there. It was happened so fast. 50 times two is 100. I mean, it just happened that fast. The multiplication that took place. What happened is this word of God grew in the hearts of people. And the church began to grow. We have seen God grow. We've seen our church grow. We've seen it shrink, and we've seen it grow, and we've seen it shrink, right? I mean, you've been here for any amount of time. You've been here for a long time, or you've been here a short time. I've seen, since we've been here in the past six years, we have grown, and we have shrunk, and we've grown. And it's a blessing to see it grow, but it's a blessing to see it multiply, Right? Do we not want to see God multiply our church? Do we not want to see God do that for our church? How does it happen? This word of God. This word of God. The Bible says the word of God, Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. Mark chapter 13, verse 31, heaven and earth shall pass away, but the words shall not pass away. God's words will stand forever. And God's word still is alive today. And it's what multiplies. It's what changes your life. You look at what God's done for you. You look at your life since you've been saved. What's happened? What's changed for you? God changed your life. I pray that God would help us to multiply and see growth and see more people come to church. Number one, we see the multiplication. But then also, number two, is we see in this text the fulfillment in verse number 25, Bible says, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry. Now, what were Paul and Barnabas doing? They had gone down to teach about something so they would get things straightened away and make sure they were teaching the right doctrine. And the Bible says when they had fulfilled their ministry... What does it mean to fulfill? It means to accomplish. It means to finish. It means to be done with. When I worked at a grocery store, one of my jobs, I remember one of the things I, when I worked as a stock boy, um, I had to stock the shelves. My job was when I got there was to unload the truck, make sure it got unloaded, and I had to stock the shelves. I had to do it all by myself. I didn't have anybody else to help me. My job, I could not leave my shift until I was completely done with the stocking. I had to fulfill the job duty that was in front of me before I could leave. Paul and Barnabas went down to that church and they had to fulfill their duty before they could leave. You want every person in this room, you have a duty that God wants you to fulfill and 
I ask you this question. Are you doing what God's asked you to do? He's, look, in this text, Paul and Barnabas, they fulfilled it. They completed it. They were faithful to the end, and they completed what God had asked them to do. It is important that we complete what God's asked us to do. A lot of times, a lot of times, a lot of times we're guilty of starting good and not finishing right. Anybody else like that? Maybe it's just me. That's me. Man, the first couple of weeks, man, I'm doing good. A couple of weeks later, three or four weeks later, I'm kind of like, eh, not doing so hot. But God has asked us, we're to fulfill it, we're to finish it, we're to, we're to go on and, and do the ministry that God has wants us to. Everybody that comes to church and that's involved, you need to have a ministry. You need to be doing something at church. You say, well, what can I do? Well, ask me. I'll give you something to do. There is a job for every person, and you need to fulfill the job that you need to do. As a church, as a Christian, as a pastor, I need a job. My job is to f- f- my job is to feed the flock. My job is to do that. But that's not the end of my job. As a Christian, I have a job, and my job is to make sure that Nederland hears the gospel, and Port Natchez hears the gospel, and Port Arthur hears the gospel, and Groves hears the gospel, and Beaumont hears the gospel, and the surrounding areas, and the next county hears the gospel. That's my responsibility as a Christian. My job is not done until everyone is heard. My job's not done until it's been fulfilled, until it's been completed. And if you're a Christian just like me, me, then you have the same responsibility. You have the same job. Are you doing, working at it to fulfill what God has called you to do? The ministry that God wants you to do. The fulfillment. Completed. The Bible says they fulfilled the ministry. Let me ask you this. A couple questions. Do you have a ministry at this church. Okay, question number two. If the answer is no, then why not? Why not? Why not? Why? Why do you not? And then the last question is, if you have a ministry, are you fulfilling it? Are you accomplishing the ministry that God has given you. Because everybody, and look, say this, if you're a parent, a grandparent, sometimes your ministry is ministering to your family, making sure that they are coming along, making sure that they're headed in the right direction. But one of the biggest things um, for my family and right now is to make sure that I I'm a minister to my children. Make sure that I'm fulfilling the ministry that God has given me with my children. My children are my ministry. If you're raising children, your children are your ministry. If you have grown children, your grown children are your ministry. If you have grandchildren, then your grandchildren are your ministry. And you need to make sure that you fulfill the ministry that God has intended for you to have with your grandchildren and your children and all of those that fall in behind. That ministry, 
If you work in the ministry, if you work in the Sunday school department, your job as a Sunday school person is to fulfill the job that you've been given, and you need to make sure you work at it. You need to make sure that you you live by it. You need to make sure that you're working at the job that God has given you to do is fulfilling the ministry that God wants. But if you don't have a ministry, you need to get one. Every one of us need a ministry to serve in, to do, because we're not just here to suck up air and make money and die. I mean, that's not, that's not the life. If that's all life is, man, that's pretty bland. But God has a purpose for you. And you need to be driven by that purpose. Years ago, there used to be a book out, a Purpose Driven Life. I truly think we need a purpose, and that purpose is Jesus. To fulfill what God wants for me. Make Him your purpose. Make Him your desire. These, Paul and Barnabas, we're going to get into it next chapter, but chapter number 13, Paul and Barnabas leave, and they go out on a missionary journey to preach the gospel to fulfill the ministry that God has called them to do. Not everybody's a missionary. Not everybody's a preacher. But if God's called you here to worship, then God's called you to a ministry. What ministry? How can you minister to people? That's what you need to ask yourself. Lord, I love you. Thank you for today. Lord, I pray that you've worked on each and every heart in this room. Not only pray that you'd help us to minister and to fulfill that ministry. Make sure that we're working with people and helping people and helping the hurting. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to multiply, help our church to grow, help us to reach new heights, help us to reach new people and and to just continue to grow and not be stagnant, not, not just stay at the same level, but just to help us to grow. Or I pray that if there's someone in this room that, that hey, I, I need a ministry. Well, get in. Get faithful. Lord, help them to, to make a decision that they need a ministry. They need something to serve. Help them to make a decision to just get in and get faithful to the Lord. And, and the ministry part will take care of itself. Lord, I love you. I thank you for what you've done. Thank you for blessings. Thank you for my family. I pray that you help me to be the minister I can be to my children. Lord, we love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me ask you just a couple simple questions this morning. You say, Brother Trenton, I'm sitting here this morning. I'm not sure that I'd go to heaven. I am not sure that I'd go to heaven.